Welcome back to Straight to DVD. Kablam. Dude, wham bammo. Kablammo. Blam blam, dude. Blam blam. Welcome back. Dude, congrats. We have to do this episode uh, in iambic pentameter to stay true to the original author. In of, what? Of the you, iambic pentameter. Oh, is that like this the style of uh of of William, the Bill, the Bard. The, Bill? the Billiam Shakespeare. William dude, Billiam. I'm, I'm already in way over my head. Oh no, dude, you're fine. It's it's iambic pentameter. It's ten beats. It's like a heartbeat. Ba bum ba bum ba bum ba bum ba bum. Is that the To be or not to be, that is the question. And when he breaks the rule, it means something's happening to the character. Interesting. Yes. I never knew that. Yes. I feel like I'm gonna learn a lot this episode. Um is this a dagger which I see before me? He does that a lot with certain soliloquies. Interesting. Yes. The hand will toward my hand come let me clutch thee. <laughs> As I clap, realizing that yeah. it's a microphone, so my audio is not actually going to be picked up because I'm clapping just into the, the clap. Yeah. It's just going to be the clap. Uh, yeah, okay, it's great. It's so that's probably not usable. <laughs> it's always just the clap. No, it'll, it'll, we'll, 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 we'll hear it. We'll, we'll do hear some, it. some yeah. post uh, yeah. studio magic. Um, Edit that in post. In post. Uh, yes, if you couldn't tell, ladies and gentlemen, at home or wherever you're listening yeah, to us from. In the car. Car. At uh, work. At work. On the subway. In the gym. In this the would gym. be a weird thing to listen to at yeah. the gym. Yeah. I'm going to go lift some weights. Let's let's listen to Straight to DVD's take on Joel Cohen's <laughs> The Tragedy of Macbeth. <laughs> Dude, nothing says pump and iron like, Dude. like Denzel Washington and Franny Mac. Yeah. Just reading some Macbeth. Some old ass language. Yeah. Um Yes, so I'm try it's interesting. You know, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking like, where is a good place to start? Mm-hmm. Where to even begin? Um, like, do we talk about the bard? Do we talk about the film itself? I feel like we should start with the bard. Yeah. And then this story from the bard. Great. And then this adaptation, this film adaptation yes. of the story from the bard. Absolutely. So what's interesting about this play in okay. reference to Shakespeare's other work is that it's actually sort of like in a lot of uh, theater purist's eyes and mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's the word? Superstitious uh, performer's eyes and theater mm-hmm. people. Uh, they don't call it by its name. They don't. They never say Macbeth in a theater. They think it's bad luck. Macbeth. 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 Macbeth, 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 Macbeth. The Big Mac. Macbeth. Beth. That's actually a good question. Probably depending on who you ask, they will say certain enunciation regarding the iambic pentameter requires that you say his name in different ways. Macbeth. Okay. Macbeth. I believe it's Macbeth. Macbeth? Macduff. Macduff. No, it's Mac. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, So, (laughs) anyways, so... You don't have to worry about it in the theater because you never say the, the yeah. name. Uh, it's always referred to as the Scottish play. Oh, interesting. it's about Scotland. Yeah. They're all Scots. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That much I knew. Yes. Yeah. Scottish play. Uh, it is one of Shakespeare's great tragedies, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, what's funny is, in my extensive knowledge of uh, the Shakespearean catalog, I don't know if it's historically accurate in any way. Yeah, that doesn't matter. I guess not. No. We're going to treat it as fiction here because there are witches in it. Yeah. So <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, but anyways, yes, I think this is probably one of Billiam's most mm. famous plays. I mean, naturally, how many Shakespeare plays do we get into movies mm-hmm. uh, these days? Um, and so here we are. And, and before I continue on to say why I think this film is special, I'm curious, uh, what your background is, if any, with, uh, with Bill, with Bill or with this play slash movie in particular. Uh, okay. That's a really good question. In terms of Shakespeare, I think in terms of reading Shakespeare in, in like English classes, I think in fifth grade, I read like a child's version of Hamlet, and that's the only <laughs> meaning that it was. I think I, I I think it was like re rewritten for like twelve year olds to understand, of course. Um, which is probably the only way that I would like be able to understand Shakespeare now at sure. age thirty. Sure. Um, but I, we 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 read that, um, and then in high school, I must have read Romeo and Juliet, of course, because I remember you know. English teacher rolling in the uh, 
those old TVs that they would roll into classrooms for us to watch the film version of, right. of Romeo and Juliet. Right. Yeah, we definitely read that. I don't know if I read it, but it was read by my class. Like, I personally may not have sure. opened up the book. Well, what's interesting, <laughs> what's interesting is you're describing the conundrum of teaching this shit. Yeah. Um, what's hard about Shakespeare is it's not meant to be read. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be heard. Mm. That's why, um, you know, sitting down and reading it, you're like, what, like, what the hell? Like, what yeah. Whereas if the language is being spoken and there are lots of different uh, styles of teaching mm -hmm. regarding how to tackle it, how to handle it and what the uh, finished product should sound or look like. Um, but what's interesting about it is that there are some teachers who will say that just speak the line in tempo mm -hmm. and the intention will take care of itself and the musicality of the line mm. will be heard. And what's interesting is I was thinking about that while watching this film, mm -hmm. Joel Cohen's The Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, it's not a one-to-one -one from the play. Okay. Uh, a lot is cut out, which is good because yeah. the play is like three hours long. Oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there is something slightly changed, but not, not, not very much. Okay. Um, so what was difficult about watching this is I was, I was, I enjoy, I enjoyed it immensely, but I understood what was happening and I don't know if it was because I have an intimate history with the play or because I can like sort of understand what Shakespeare is saying or because I had subtitles on and could read along <laughs> with it. Um, it could have been any one of those things. Um, so yes, I'm not sure what my point was. No, I think it's I think it's interesting because like I, you come to this movie with a very different understanding. Like you're bringing a, a certain baggage that most people who watch this movie don't have. Yes, like most people who are watching this movie, like maybe they're a Denzel fan, so yes. they're watching it for him, or they're a Coen Brothers fan, so they're watching it for that reason. But you have the luxury of being someone who has acted out Shakespearean plays and you've learned under the umbrella as an actor through the context of Shakespeare. And like, that's going to give you a different understanding. You're going to be able to have a different relationship with this movie than like most of the general public. Yes, that's true. Which is cool. And I think like... <laughs> leave that in yeah of course but part of the reason I like why I was interested in doing this episode why like I'm happy we're doing it is because I want to like personally learn from someone who has been in ver version or versions uh I did I did it once and I've done excerpts of scenes from it in in class so, to learn about Macbeth from someone who's acted Macbeth. Yeah. Like, I think it's going to be a more interesting conversation than just like, I don't know. Any, if I were to have this conversation with just like another person who's a movie fan. Sure. You know? Of course. It's going to be a lot um, cooler. Well, I appreciate that. And, and yeah, I, I think so. So here's what's interesting about this. I think. This version or... This this particular version. But a kind of Shakespeare on screen in general. Mm -hmm. But I think this particular version. Um, I don't think that Shakespeare on screen works. Hmm. Broadly. Um, I think that what we are accustomed to in terms of a cinematic experience is not something that lends itself towards what Bill... Uh, <laughs> You and, guys are that close. Yeah, me and me and Bill. Uh, to what the Mister the Bard, Mister Shakespeare, uh, envisioned when he created these pieces. And <clears throat> excuse me, something that I think is important to consider regarding the uh, the complexity of of his text and the musicality of it is that people at that time didn't talk like that. Like people, how do you know that? I was there. People uh, in Shakespeare's time didn't walk around going, "Doth thoust know what it, upon me bosom?" Like people didn't say shit like that or speak that way or speak in iambic pentameter. Of course they did. Well, it's true. They may have. That's right. You were there too. Yeah. You are Will Shakespeare. Yeah. Dude, I um, wish. 
so what's the best way I think to look at it is that what Shakespeare's work is, it is essentially poetry. Mm -hmm. uh, it's heightened text that is developed uh, and um, broadened and specified and deepened in such a way to make those listening to it understand even more about what's going on inside of a character's mind. Uh, and it's, it's, it's done in such a way where like traditional dialogue, obviously there's great traditional dialogue where you get, you know, subtext and everything you need to know. But with Shakespeare, it's like you have these characters doing these pages and pages and pages of soliloquies. And it's just mm -hmm. like, oh, people don't talk like that. People don't monologue to themselves. Yeah. That's that's not the point. Shakespeare's stuff is not to be realistic. It's poetry uh, on stage. To be. Or not that the be. To not be. To not the be. So with that in mind, that is why I don't think it lends itself inherently to the film medium. Because... Film acting is all about realism, right? Mm. It's all about very subtle yeah. things with the face yeah. and subtle line readings. Shakespeare's all about big, bombastic soliloquies and like soldiers tapping each other on the, so the shoulder and, yeah. and people's families getting massacred <laughs> and, what, and whatnot. And who gives a shit? Um, so, that said, this film, mm -hmm. I think, will be taught in schools. Like, uh, this will be a post-reading post Macbeth. Yes. This is the movie version that gets rolled out. I could see this being taught in a cinema studies class. I could see this being taught in a Shakespeare class for one reason and one reason only. Uh, the beauty of the art of cinema is married to the original play in such a way that it's showing you, look how we can honor mm -hmm. the way this would be done on stage in a cinematic way that's interesting without trying to modernize it or trying to force it to fit into just a traditional filmography. Okay. It's not like the Baz Luhrmann, Romeo and Juliet. No. With Leo DiCaprio in Venice Beach. No. But they're still speaking like old yes. English Shakespeare style. Yes. Yeah, that it, was miserable. It just, it doesn't... Like we were saying in our previous uh, episode about like, oh, you don't notice it, but your brain did. Yeah. It's like both you and your brain notice it when you're watching something like that. It's like, yeah. this is just, there's no way, there's no way in. There's no way to get attached. Yeah. I feel, I feel what you're saying though with this, this version of, of Macbethy, mm -hmm. that it kind of, it feels like. At times, you're watching a stage play, mm -hmm. but it also at times reminds you that this is the medium of film, mm -hmm. and like it does very film-specific things with how it presents the story. Yes. Um, but yeah, I guess that's not really something that we've gotten in terms of like Shakespeare on screen. It's usually just like. Here's a recorded version of people doing the play, like the way that it's done on stage, or here's like this absurd Baz Luhrmann version of it, or like the, I will like the only reason I was somewhat familiar with Macbeth, I've never read it. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the Curse Owl movie, Throne of Blood. It's yeah, it's about we, yeah, it's but it's based on same, yeah, it's a yeah. samurai story, but it's based on Macbeth. Hmm. So the way that he treat treated Shakespeare is like pretty cool because he would just make samurai stories that were based on Shakespearean plays and Shakespearean stories and just like reimagine them in that world. So like that kind of works. And that's obviously like also lends itself to the medium of film, but there's nothing really like this version right. of tragedy of Macbeth for like any other Shakespeare story. Right. I think, you know, like those other Shakespeare, 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 <laughs> Shakespeare, it was like a combination of Spielberg and Shakespeare. Spielberg, Stephen, Stephen Shakespeare, William Spielberg. Is that what they do? Is like, say you dumb the story down as much as you can, mm -hmm. uh, the six-year-old version, or however you were, just the twelve-year-old version, whatever you were describing, yeah. where they literally just like uh, spark notes. Yeah, you can uh, just call those the raft version. The raft version. <laughs> Where they just, they literally convert the heightened poetry and text into just regular contemporary speak. Mm -hmm. And then they film it. 
It's almost like those films are just like, oh, let's shoot the story as if it just has contemporary dialogue. And it doesn't work. Yeah, that's like with, the... Sorry to cut you off. No, no, please. That's like the... What's that movie with with Heath Ledger and uh, and Joseph Jason Lovitz? Uh, I'm nice. Ten Things I Hate About You. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what was that first? Nothing. <laughs> But like that's that's like that's that version of yes. Shakespeare on screen. It's like we'll dumb it down, make it contemporary, mm-hmm. and then just you know, yeah. It's the Shakespeare story. It's like story, medieval knights it's... dabbing and, and shit. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's up, my brother? Yeah, right. <laughs> How's that cafeteria food? <laughs> Doth thou like the bananas in the cafeteria? <laughs> <laughs> but um. <laughs> So my, my whole... I'm just going to be thinking about uh, a, a lunch lady speaking Shakespeare doling out her bananas, which is a weird sentence. Um, the, what, what is so interesting to me about this is... And, you know, they're, very, they're not really subtle choices. It's very mm. obvious what he's doing. It's like, oh, okay, it's in black and white. Uh, the aspect ratio, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's not widescreen. It's shot completely on a soundstage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I think it's just a very ethereal sort of creepy dreamlike, not unlike the lighthouse kind of storytelling tactic that I think really works for, I'm not going to say Shakespeare, I'm going to say for the language. Mm-hmm. Because what's interesting is you hear Defoe talk about his experience working with Bob Eggers mm-hmm. on the lighthouse uh, yeah, I'm on a first name basis with him too. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby Eggs. Hey, Bobby Egg. Um, and when he's describing working on that text, he's like, "It's you know, it's like we're doing Shakespeare." Mm-hmm. Um, so to have this idea, this like very sort of narrow mm-hmm. lens into this black and white sort of world that's not really real, um, that's almost just like some nightmare fairy tale, kind of like the lighthouse is. You're sort of honoring the text in that way, being like, people don't talk like this. This is a product of another time for a story that's about um, misled ambition, uh, a story that anyone can relate to from an imagination standpoint, (laughs) hopefully. Um, And you're putting it in front of a contemporary audience uh, through that medium. Um, and I think for the most part, uh, it's very exciting and I think it works. I do think it works. I agree with you. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cut it. Cut end it. Of, finito. Finito. End, yes. End, end of episodeo. Yes. Um, <laughs> I do agree with Great. everything that you've said. Lovely. <laughs> um, no, but what I wanted to ask you, because yes. for someone like me who doesn't know Shakespeare... Uh-huh. Like, I feel like, I was thinking about this, if there's like a Shakespeare scale of like zero to 10 in terms of how much Shakespeare people know or like are familiar with, you're probably in like the seven to 10 range. And I'm like a, I'm like a zero to two. Sure. Well, so, I, I can't speak for you, <laughs> um, but I would say I'm maybe like a six. That's still pretty high. That's I, higher than most people. Thank you. Yeah. I would hope so. I went to college you, for the show. <laughs> just for, just, just, for, this, for, just, for, just for this movie. This one episode. Yeah. <laughs> Your entire professional training has been leading to, to this moment. Exactly. Uh, um, but no, but so like for someone like me who, who has like little to no Shakespeare experience, um, but does like movies, like obviously for me, the well not obvious, but the big like the standout thing or things were like the production design, Mm -hmm. the lighting, the cinematography, because those are like the way that it's done in this movie. It's like really easy to, uh, to like latch onto that because it's, it's so juicy. It's so appealing. Like who doesn't love some like fucking some throwback, like expressionist fucking lighting. Like that's fucking sick. Everyone loves that. I think. Right. Is that, is that like a weird thing? Is that like a weird, like, like, like movie person thing um, or is everyone like does everyone wa- see that see that set design and that lighting technique and they're like oh dude that's fucking rad just inject it into my veins i gotta say that i doubt it okay that's fair that's very um, fair. but that said of the people who would even bother to see this movie i mm-hmm. think would appreciate it 
Because in spite of the fact that you got Denzel mm-hmm. as the titular character, yeah. I can't imagine too many people are going to be flocking the theaters to go see the tragedy of Macbeth. No, no. It's probably this. It's probably not like a mass appeal movie. No. But I feel like for, for this kind of movie, it has as much mass appeal as it could have. Like, you have Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows who William Shakespeare is. Like, you, you're either, you might not want to see a Shakespeare movie, but that's okay. Then you got Joel Cohen. So, like, most people know who the Cohen brothers are. They've seen the Lebowski and Fargo. Mm-hmm. Oh, those dudes make cool movies. I can see that. Everyone knows Denzel Washington. So, like, there's an entry point for pretty much anyone. But I guess, like, if you just look at the style and subject matter, like, text of the movie, it might not be for everyone. So yeah, you're you're totally right. I, I, think, I try to make an argument that it, that it has some mass appeal, but it really doesn't. Uh, sure. Um, no, but but actually, if you watch some, you're right though. It does attempt to. Yeah. Because if you watch some behind the scenes, uh, you know, featurettes regarding it, like a lot of people who were in charge of production talk about like we needed a recognizable actor mm-hmm. who has classical training and has done Shakespeare before. And Denzel was a great choice for that. You know, he's this mm-hmm. movie star. He's been on Broadway. He's done Shakespeare on Broadway. He played Brutus uh, and Julius Caesar. Oh, of course. Um, and yes, naturally. <laughs> uh, and it was, it was interesting how they did that. Well, this is completely unrelated to, to this film. But yeah, yeah. what's interesting about him doing Brutus and Julius Caesar on Broadway is they put it in a modern day setting as opposed to Rome. Mm-hmm. And it took place in the Middle East. And they were all like GIs. It was weird. Yeah, that's strange. Yeah. Anytime that's you fuck with Shakespeare like that, it's like... Uh... Yeah, well, that's the thing about this movie. It doesn't veer, like... It right. doesn't veer off, really, at all. Right. And, you know, what's... Another example is I saw Corey Stoll uh, do Julius Caesar in Shakespeare in the Park mm-hmm. many years ago. And they made Julius Caesar... Donald Trump, like he had, he he had the, the, the he talked like Donald, he looked like Donald, he had the Donald wig, the red tie suit, yeah. and like his wife was Melania. Um, so they didn't change the text, but they dressed it so, up like that. Yeah. But you know, doing that is like, oh, look what we can do with Shakespeare. But you're yeah. kind of missing the, the you're missing the point of the story of Julius Caesar when you make. You know, this man who died, this horrible modern-day tyrant. Yeah. Um, you know, it just, it kind of doesn't work. So I think that's what's admirable about this venture with Shakespeare is that Cohen could easily have put it in a contemporary setting. He was just like, no, 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 no. This was meant for, like, this is a Scottish play about these Scottish lords. Yeah. Like, no. Let's just do yeah. it in Scotland. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. I didn't want to ask you about the Denzel stuff. Yes. Because I was, like, vaguely aware that he is, like, a classically trained Shakespearean actor. And I want to know, like, what the difference is between, like, like Shakespearean acting and, like, what would be the other side of that? Is that, like, method acting? Like, or can they both be, can they, like, be the same thing? What's the sort of deal with, with those differences? So... That's that's an excellent question. Um, there are so many different avenues of training in terms of what your ultimate goal is or what you're trying to learn or teach someone if you're on the other side of it. Um, and there's so many different methods and school and, and schools of of thought regarding how to teach those things. Mm-hmm. Um, Film acting is a different thing from stage acting, Mm -hmm. is a different thing from Shakespearean uh, acting, sort of in the same way that being a dramatic actor is different from being a comedic actor. There are dramatic Mm -hmm. actors who aren't good at comedy. There are comedic actors who aren't good at Trump. Yeah. Um, And of course, there's every variation of that in in between. Um, Funny Shakespearean stage TV acting. That is, yeah, that's that's it, just like, uh, it's insane. Voice. Um, right, right. Um, 
So what's interesting about this is you have to get people with film training who can also handle classical text. Yeah. Uh, which is not a very long... They even say that in one of the featurettes. It's like, yeah. it wasn't a very long list in terms of who we were going to get for this part. Yeah. Um, it, well, this is a little bit of a tangent, but what's his name from Dodgeball uh, played the porter? Uh, knocking, Steve knocking. the Pirate? No, the uh, the one with the god the glasses. Oh, the, the stubby guy the, with the glasses. What's his name? Wait, I had, I had him the stubby up. guy. Oh, um, okay, the guy with like uh, Stephen Root. Okay, I think I, I know which guy you're talking. Yeah, about. not the tall lanky guy. No, he's sort of. Uh, yeah, uh, not the headband guy. The guy with the with like the, the goggles. goggles. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He was the porter in this. I yeah. almost didn't recognize him. He was very. It's a, the porter's like the comedic relief role. Yeah. Uh, and he just has that one little scene where he's talking about having to answer the door, but he's drunk and I yeah. pissed myself. <laughs> um, which brings me to my next point. Yeah. Is that what's so funny about Bill uh, with his writing is that a lot of what he's talking about is masked in this heightened text that you're like, oh, this must be so uppity. When it's really not. Yeah. Like, that scene, that comedic relief scene is about a guy who's hung over and doesn't want to answer the door and he pissed himself. That's what that scene is about. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. Um, there's the first scene where Macbeth is uh, telling his wife that maybe we shouldn't do this. That whole scene is literally about her calling him a pussy. <laughs> um, it's just, it's shit like that. Um... And that's throughout a lot of his plays. Yeah. Uh, and so it's very funny because it's sort of these very basic, simple things dressed up in this heightened yeah. text. Um, so that I just think it's funny. How well, even the story example. itself is like, it's like fairly straightforward yes. once you're able to, to get past the barrier of like, of how, not, not even sophisticated, but just how hard it is to like understand the text for like a modern audience. Like, um, I watched this with Dorothy and she like, she like fell asleep. She was like, I, I can't, I can't get into it. Um, so like it's, it's, once you pass that barrier and you're like, wait, this is just a story about a dude who was like, who thinks that he should be king. So he kills everyone. And then it ends up biting him in the ass. That's literally it. Like that's the whole, yes. that's, that's it. That's the right. elevator pitch for, for Macbeth. Right. Um, and it's funny that like it, it, it not that it's hidden behind, the text but that's like that's what's there under underneath all mm -hmm. of this uh this this big grand story it's just a very very simple sort of idea right i mean you can um evaluate a lot of his work like that i mean hamlet is just i mean lion king is hamlet. hamlet it's yeah. just you know it's it's a revenge story it's yeah. um guy's father gets killed Guy seeks revenge. That's it. That's yeah. all Hamlet's about. Um, it's a Tarantino movie. It's a Tarantino movie. Yes, <laughs> he, exactly. He ripped it off Tarantino. R right, right. <laughs> um, you know, Richard III is very much the same as Macbeth, except it mm -hmm. doesn't have supernatural elements yeah. to it. And I think it's partially historically accurate, that one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, it's, it's about uh, a deformed mm -hmm. hunchback who sort of... Oh, Notre Dame? No. Oh, okay. Different hunchback. Different hunchback. <laughs> uh, who sort of works his way climbing up the ladder of uh, political of power. Of Notre Dame. Oh. Notre Dame, yes. Yeah, he, and he, he brings it up. <laughs> yeah, he's Quasimodo. Yeah, he's, he's Quasimodo. Yes. Um, so a lot of his stories are very similar. Yeah. Uh, in that regard. You know, you got your tragedies, your comedies, uh, your history plays, mm -hmm. um, which Julius Caesar falls under. Um, and then uh, you you sort of have your fantasies like Midsummer Night's Dream, which is yeah. a fantastical. The Tempest. Yeah, never read it. Yeah, instance. never read it. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, Should I get into Shakespeare? Should that be like a thing that I do now? I feel I like mean, I feel like I missed the boat. I have a I have a lot of uh, the the texts at home that I could lend to you if you're yeah. curious. I um, could just I'll just sit in my room and and read, read some, Shakespeare read out loud Shakespeare. to myself. Yeah. Um, well, that's you know that's the thing that I think they first try to teach is that when you're reading, it's like I was saying when you're yeah. reading it. Um, you have to read it out loud because yeah. you have to hear the thing. Because if you're just looking at it on the page, you're like, I don't really understand. Yeah. But when you read it, it's just like the sense of what's being said, uh, 
makes sense. Actually, let me see if I could find a, a piece now of that, Now that I think about it, I think my fifth grade Hamlet reading, I think we were all assigned, like, different scenes, and we had to act it out in class. But, like, different people were playing the same roles, like, mm -hmm. across the whole thing, and we did it for, like, two weeks. I don't even... I don't even know if it was, like, a, a show that we put on for, like, parents or anything. I think our teacher just, like, was just, like, some some sick fuck who, who wanted to laugh at kids trying to read Shakespeare. Oh, they all are. Just laughing at us, like, look at, the, look at these little morons trying to act out Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> these little bozos. Um, but, yeah, well, all right, while you're looking that up, yes. I, had, I had another... Yes. I had another sort of Denzel and Cass-related question for you. Um, be, like, it's hard to kind of avoid the elephant in the room, but yes. I think the point is to avoid the elephant in the room at the same time. That's that Denzel is not Scottish. No. Denzel is a black American man. Yes. And there are several other black American people in the, in black English people mm -hmm. in this movie. Um, and I was kind of thinking about like, one of the few things that I know about Shakespeare and, like, the plays and the history of the plays and how they're, you know, how they're put on and stuff is that, like, you know, in the olden days and throughout time, uh, in the olden days. <laughs> <laughs> all, those years, all those years back. Yeah, dude. Um, but no, like, like, men would play women's yes. parts and, like, vice versa. And, like, all of the acting is kind of, it has this, like, fluidity that doesn't really exist anywhere else. And... I feel like the casting of Denzel and some of the other folks like Corey Hawkins and stuff in this mm -hmm. movie, it's like kind of a nod to that, that it doesn't matter who is in the role, like who the person is, who's in those sh shoes, so to speak. It's really just about like the text yeah. and the story and their ability to read the text, which is, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of a cool, a cool thing and it's a cool notion. And it seems like it's not something that like translates to other kinds of stories. Like, what, it's, a, it's a uniquely Shakespearean thing. What's interesting about your saying is it ties back to your initial question about the different training and avenues of acting. When you think about performing Shakespeare, you're not so much concerned with the emotion or um, the genuine human experience of what's going on. Like, you know, of course you are to an extent. But the training is more about speaking sense into the text mm -hmm. it's it's not so much like oh i'm a real person on stage or on film that's having something happen in real time i am a character explaining to the audience what is happening yeah. it's theatrical yeah. inherently it's not meant to be realistic so that's why you know a lot of uh, film actors or even stage actors who work on contemporary plays, which, you know, they're both sides of the same coin. You're, you know, you want to be as naturalistic as possible, yeah. but with a magnifying glass on you for a big audience, whereas like Shakespeare is, is the complete opposite of that. You're, you're yeah. not, nat you're not trying to play naturalism. There are, and have been productions and films that try to do it naturalistic. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. It's, it's like, uh, the way that I've kind of thought about it is like, I always think about it compared to like method acting where mm -hmm. you're trying to like completely embody the person that you are, that you're playing in a given story. And like with Shakespeare, it's just like, no, just learn how to read the, yeah, just learn how to read the lines. Yeah. Like that's all that matters. And I think that transitions perfectly into you sure. reading us some lines. Um, so what's interesting uh, about this, uh, so this is... The scene where he first starts to hallucinate. I just realized my fly has been down this whole time. Uh, this is not that that has cool, anything to do with anything. It's an audio medium. Uh, right. Uh, this is the first time he hallucinates. Right before his wife calls him a pussy and says, stick your courage uh, up your ass and go do the deed. Yeah. Uh, and then he's left alone and he hallucinates this dagger. Um, and this, this is what he says. Uh, is this a dagger which I see before me? The handle toward my hand. Come, let me clutch thee. I have thee not, and yet I see thee still. Art thou not, fatal vision, sensible to feeling as to sight? Or art thou but a dagger of the mind, a false creation, 
proceeding from the heat-oppressed brain. Uh, and there's a fuck ton more. Uh, <laughs> the reason I single that out is because what's brilliant about that passage is it does mm. so many things. He's literally he's literally hallucinating. Mm. Um, because his mind uh, is is hit and hit from both sides regarding his ambition and his literal deed. The the dagger is like a representation of what he wants to achieve and how ethereal it is and how it's essentially inachievable and how the act itself and the tool with which he'll actually try to do it is also ethereal and non-existent. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, dude, that just that kind of blew my mind. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yes, I don't... Uh, I thought that was I thought it was very well done in in the film itself. Um, yeah, it's just a neat a neat little passage. I'm trying to see if there's okay. there's anything else. Uh, yes, no, but I, yes, go ahead. But this is kind of like this is going to sidetrack us for a little bit. No, go ahead. But I wanted to hear more about your experience in doing Macbeth. Okay. Like, who did you play? I played Macbeth. You played Macbeth. Yes. Was this in high school? Was this in college? This was in middle school. Oh shit! Yes, it's been a while. It's been a while, but I've... the play has always been close, close by. Is it your favorite? It is my favorite Shakespeare. Yes. Is uh, it the is it the most fun Shakespeare to act out? Depends on who you're playing. Okay. Um, I haven't, in terms of a full production, mm -hmm. I haven't done much Shakespeare. I've only done two. Okay. I think I've done Macbeth and I've done Julius Caesar, uh, but I've acted out scenes from others um, and like specialty performances and classes and whatnot. Um, probably the most fun in terms of general cast is probably one of the comedies, probably like Midsummer Night's Dream uh, is a lot of fun. Um, when I did Julius Caesar, I had a blast. I was one of the corrupt senators in that that murders nice. Caesar. That was a, a lot of fun. Yes, I was Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Uh, in that. Uh, that was, you know, it's funny. We talk about putting a contemporary spin on these things. When we did it, uh, we all wore black suits like we were the actual Senate. And we yeah. all had like Guy Fox masks. Yeah. It was just like, okay. But it's, it's like, I see what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I was very young when, yeah. when I did Macbeth. Um, too young to really appreciate most of it. But mm -hmm. as I got older, you know, the experience sort of uh, yeah. matured. Uh, with me, and it's sort of, I think that's where my, my love of Shakespeare developed. I have to tell you, it is a bitch and a half to perform. Yeah. It's absolutely impossible. But what's funny is Al fucking Pacino uh, admits that, you know, when I used to do Shakespeare on Broadway, uh, I didn't know what I was saying at the time. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, it doesn't, it, I feel like Shakespeare and Al Pacino, that's not, yeah. a, that's not a, it's not a match. <laughs> no, he played, but he, but he's amazing. He was amazing. He yeah. played uh, Shylock from The Merchant of Ve uh, Venice. Okay. Uh, he's ama he was amazing. Yeah. You, keep saying, you keep saying these things like I, like I know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, well, it's just it's not. The, yeah. the audience assumes that you're like, yes, yes, oh, of course. Of course, yes, of course. Yes, yes, of course. Yes. Um, you know, so I think it's just funny. And it's, you know, uh, we're not supposed to talk about this guy because he's a horrible person but Kevin Spacey yeah. uh, did Richard III and he said the same thing when he did Richard III he's like sometimes I would forget my lines because I had no idea what I was talking about and I would make up lines in iambic pentameter yeah. which is insanely hard to do um, not to give the guy any credit but yeah. that is a fact uh, so I just think it's interesting how an actor like Al Pacino can do this text, admit that he has no idea what the hell he's saying, and yet still sell it. Because yeah. the text doesn't give a shit if you know what's what, going on. Yeah. You just as long as you say it. Yeah. Right. Do you like Shakespearean acting more than, like, other kinds of acting? In terms of doing or viewing? Both. Lovely. <laughs> um, I hate doing it. It's so hard. Uh, in terms of what I excel at as an actor, I'm more naturalistic and contemporary. Mm -hmm. um, that's just my experience and the majority of my training. Um, but in terms of viewing, like seeing good Shakespeare on stage is amazing. 
uh, I saw Kenneth Branagh mm-hmm. do Macbeth. He directed and starred in it at the Armory in Manhattan. And it was a big, like, theater in the round, like they would have. And it was done just on this big dirt mound in the middle of this giant armory. And it was the most incredible thing i ever seen. It, like, rained on stage. It rained on us. Like, actors would, like, get stabbed and they'd spit blood on me. Um, Actually, if you look up a a promotional photo from some newspaper that took a photo of one of Lady Macbeth's speeches, you see me (laughs) sitting there in the audience. I'm not even kidding. You really do. That's hilarious. Um, So if it's done well... That's funny. Part one of his lines is uh, word to what I'm not going to fucking know. Uh, if it's done well, there's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. The issue is it's so easy to fuck up and make boring. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say it. A lot of people don't like Shakespeare because most productions of it are just fucking boring. Interesting. That's. That, I mean, that's a cool thing to. To know, the more you know. I feel like I'm learning so much. Oh, well, I'm in, thrilled in this episode. Uh, it's I'm funny because it. I don't feel like I have much to impart. But I, you, I, I truly think that you have more wisdom on this subject than like the average person. Oh well, thank you. So it's cool. It's cool to hear. Um, I feel like I'm just interviewing now. I feel like we're doing oh, that's, like that's fine. I feel like this is inside the actors. Studio. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, so in terms of, I had another question about about yeah one of the actors i feel like and correct me if i'm wrong because i might just be projecting i feel like franny mac is not a shakespearean actor or like this doesn't suit her style of acting as much as something else like denzel watching him it was like it was a great performance and you're like oh that's a dude who who does shakespearean acting like that's a film actor who can do shakespeare franny mac um it almost felt like she was like not out of place, but or like not uncomfortable, but it just didn't feel like uh, it felt like if if I was watching Al Pacino do do this on on screen, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro doing Martin Scorsese's Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, well, that's the thing. Well, that's interesting you say that. Before I answer the the Franny Mac question, that's that's very interesting because. You know, it's apples and comparing all these superstar actors. Yeah. A lot of it's apples and oranges, and they're all very good at different things. And that's why they mm-hmm. play different roles. Um, so, like De Niro is an amazing actor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, imagine him doing Shakespeare. It's just not not his shtick. Um, to be. To me. To me. You talking? To, Are you, you to be and to me? <laughs> Um, it's just not his shtick. He's one of the greatest living actors of all time. Yeah. But this one style, it's yeah. just... It just doesn't suit his... Uh... Then again, I've never seen him do Shakespeare. I don't know if he ever has. Maybe he's great. Who knows? Um, but, you know, it's funny because most people wouldn't assume that Denzel... I would be good at this, like, Denzel Washington. Shakespeare? Really? No, he's pretty good. Um, and the reason he's pretty good, particularly in this is he he almost does sort of a, a a blank slate thing with it. Yes. Yes, Queen. Go uh, on. Yes. Uh, it's sort of the Keanu Reeves school of acting. Um, I, I read in some article once where someone was like raving about John Wick, and they're like, why, why does Keanu get these roles? Why do people keep casting yeah. these roles, and why do they work? Um, because he is just that. He's a blank slate... Uh, for the story and the character to just fall against. Yeah. Um, which was always very interesting to me. Um, and then I thought about it while watching this, thinking about Shakespeare and just being like, so much bad Shakespeare happens because the actor or actresses are are pushing, yeah. are trying to make sense of it, are trying to convey what's yeah. happening. Oh, to be or not to be, that is the question. This is the monologue where I contemplate suicide. So I'm going yeah. ah, to do go all this. It. Yeah, you're going to get into it. Right. It's like, no, the beauty about it is it's just a guy thinking about this thing. Um, and it's just beautiful language about thinking about this thing, um, which is what Denzel does uh, as Macbeth. Um, you know, he's not, he's not in hysteria no. In the scene when he's hysterical. 
which I think is an interesting choice, and I think it works. Yeah. Um, Franny Mac, I don't. I, I just quickly tried to do a little research just now. Yeah. I couldn't really find anything. I don't know if she's done Shakespeare before, um, but I know I know what you mean. She's almost. It almost seemed like she's. Um, she was tackling the text, for, uh, performance-wise, from a contemporary manner. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, so I, I see what you're saying. That I don't think it's necess it, it necessarily didn't work. I just think it was different than most of the other performances on the screen, yeah. and that's why it stands out. That's fair. Everyone else felt like they were Shakespearean mm -hmm. in in the way that they performed. But there, yeah, there's something about hers that felt, and I don't know if it's because like she is so great, so you always mm -hmm. expect her to be like amazing. Same with Denzel. Like this is very like this is a very this is as far opposite from like Training Day or like Malcolm X no, or yeah. something like that. But it still works for him. Like he still works in the role. And I don't know if that's just because he has a different understanding of like how to do Shakespeare than she does or or what. But I just I figured I would ask the question. Question. No, it's a good question. That um, is the question. Yeah, <laughs> it is indeed. Um, I was unsurprised by the second half of this film. Mm -hmm. And what I mean when I say that is that the play itself, I feel, is very heavily front-loaded in terms of what's interesting about it. I don't think it's a flaw with the film. Mm -hmm. I think it's a flaw with the play itself. Okay. Uh, what's interesting about Macbeth is watching what he does to get to where he believes he should be based on a promise by some fantastical creature that's speaking to him for some reason. Mm -hmm. And once he attains that and things start to fall apart, it's almost a little like we're traveling here and now talking to this like Thane yeah. in some other place and... And now we have the, the wife of this character who's going to slay him over here that yeah. we've never met before. The play itself gets a little disconnected. So I feel like that translates to yeah. the screen version a little bit. Um, and, you know, what's interesting about it is, and like all Shakespeare, it's all about like, oh, these grand battles and whatnot. And of course, yeah. you never see them. Mm -hmm. So like the grand storming of the castle is just him fighting one guy and yeah. then him <laughs> fighting another guy. <laughs> Which is fine. Yeah. Um, but it just, it's sort of, I think it teeters off a little bit in terms of keeping your attention. Mm -hmm. Um, not to say that I think it's bad because I think it starts out extremely strong. Yeah. I just think it's sort of, it's has, hard to, it's hard to maintain that yeah. level throughout in anything really. Right. Um, something that you just reminded me of, uh, I think the real, Star of this this Mulvaga, uh is Catherine Hunter. Is that the uh, the witch lady? Yes. Who does like all that weird like body contortion stuff? Yes. Yeah, that was crazy. She was excellent. Normally, traditionally, the witches are played by three different actresses. Mm -hmm. She just played all. Three. She played all three. Mm -hmm. That one shot of her, like in front of the that like little like puddle mm -hmm. and then there's like some fog that goes over and then the other and you see the reflections and then the fog passes and you see all three of them that's just like there are so many like singular just amazing astonishing shots in this movie that it's like even for me like as someone who doesn't dig Shakespeare normally or like can even like really fully understand Shakespeare I think that's where the movie like brings in someone like me and she's like well okay if you don't know what's going on we're just gonna dazzle you with like with some amazing you know cinematography right and things like that so that was like that was my biggest uh that was my biggest positive for for the movie well i think that's the movie's biggest strength yeah um so i'm glad you bring it up because here's the thing it's like even if you don't understand what's going on really based mm -hmm. on the text or whatever um and what's so great about that visual choice, aside from just being a cool fucking visual, yeah. is that you're visually communicating to the audience that there's something otherworldly going on here. Yeah. Um, which is how any cool 
framing should be. Yeah. It shouldn't just be cool for the sake of, it should be doing something, right? And that's why it's cool. And I think that's a prime example of that. And I think that happens a lot yeah. uh, throughout the film. 100%. Hundo, hundo P. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. That's, I think that's all that I have. I don't yeah. know if you have anything anything else on, um, on this I ha- bad boy. I had one little tidbit. Do tell. About um, another actor. Oh, by the way, we didn't even talk about our boy Brennan Gleeson playing the, uh, the king. Gleason's in this. I Gleason, forgot about Gleason's that. Gleason's in yeah. this, yes. Um, Brian Thompson, okay. who plays one of the two murderers in the film, mm-hmm. he is Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> the, like, 90s sequel to Mortal Kombat? Yes, exactly. Is that, like, the only other thing that he's famous for? That's the only other thing I'm, I know of him from. <laughs> But I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy shit, that's Shao Kahn. And you recognize him immediately? I recognized his facial structure. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, Harry Potter's cousin, cousin Dursley, is Malcolm in this. Okay, I have no idea who, uh, who that cousin is. Harry Melling. Oh, uh, is that the fat cousin? Yes. Who's like, who's like a... Yeah, but he's a, skin, he's a skinny little boy now. That's him on the, in the middle right. He, oh. Yeah, that's him. Oh, oh, dang. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Hell, I like the I like the cast. Immensely. Yeah, the cast is awesome. Uh, like all the performances, like for me at least, like they worked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like the big thing was like the set design, mm-hmm. the the lighting, all that stuff was just like impeccable. Yeah. And that's a really like if if I'm gonna watch a movie that I can't connect to like all the way narratively. If I can just get like, like really, really, really cool visuals, not just okay, we're just doing a visual fuck fest for the sake of it. Um, that's like a super easy way to bring me in. Absolutely. So. It, Fantastic. It, yeah, it, it gets my, my yeah. support. This is this is a hard one to rate. Yeah, I think it's also interesting. Sorry, I don't know why why this popped into my head now, but it was, it was interesting that it was just Joel and not Ethan. Yeah. But I think I I heard or read somewhere that Ethan, like Joel was like, "Hey man, like I want to do this Macbeth movie," and Ethan was like, "Eh, like I'm not really invested in it, so like you can just go do it on on your own," which is like a cool oh, thing yeah. is yeah that they can still you know be right. a, a filmmaking tandem and one of them can just go off and like. I want to make a Macbeth movie, so I'm going to go off and make a cool Macbeth movie. I think that's probably why this movie works as well as it does. is because it wasn't like some, ooh, what if we did Shakespeare as film again? It was like yeah. some guy who was really interested in keeping true to this classic story and telling it via this medium while respecting it as much as he could, while still being artistic via... Yeah. The tools he has in the medium. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But but I do think it's hard. It's hard to rate. Um, I think it's a very hard movie to recommend to a general audience. Yeah. Um, I I also think it's... it's it's just a, it's it's I, I even think it's a tough movie to watch more than once. Yeah, I don't know how many times I'm gonna yeah. revisit this. Because it's more of like an exercise in cool filmmaking and just like cool adaptation writing and conceptualizing, yeah. and even like a cool like acting exercise. Yeah, like I feel like this is probably something that Denzel's like wanted to do for a while. Absolutely. Like, oh yeah, Shakespeare on screen. Yeah, that's. Right, you know, I'm speaking as Denzel. That's yeah. right up my alley. Macbeth in black and white. Shit, yeah, I'll do yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> that's... Um, I want to. I want to give this film a four out of five. Mm-hmm. I want to. I don't know if I can. I'm leaning more like three and a half out of five, maybe yeah. three point seven five out of five. And the reason I say that is just because. How many witches out of three would you give it? Out of three? Yeah. I give it like two point seven witches out of three. <laughs> That's higher than four, no? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, that's definitely higher than the yeah, three. Whatever. No, you know what? I'm, I'm. You know what? I'm not gonna. I was gonna like be critical and like deduct some points because I don't know how palatable it is to a general audience. But you know, and what is a rating? A rating is what the person who experiences the thing feels about the product itself. Yeah. I'm gonna give this a four out of five because of the reasons that we've mentioned. It being insanely unique. Mm-hmm. Um, a worthwhile adaptation and retelling of this classic story and just a general generally pretty cool exercise in all these filmmaking and acting techniques uh and i think for the most part it's pretty exciting to watch if you care about any of those yeah. things <laughs> that's that, that's a perfect way to put it yeah. if you care about any of those things like you should you should give it a watch because it is like exercise feels like the perfect word this movie feels like an exercise in just Hey, what can we do with this story more than anything else? Um, right. Which is cool. It's not like, oh, we need to, you know, make a Macbeth movie in 2021 because of like the current state of the world and you know how it relates to what's going on today. Like, no, it's we want to make a cool. You know, Joel Cohen was like, I want to make a cool Macbeth movie, and Denzel Washington was like, I want to be Macbeth in a movie. So they did it, and they're good at it. So. It's good. Yeah, exactly. That's that's like basically what it comes down to. This thing was made by people who cared about what they were making. Yeah. What a wild concept. <laughs> what a bizarre... It's not just to make a shit ton of money and sell you tickets to Macbeth 2 or, you know, the, the fucking... Like a Banquo fucking prequel movie <laughs> or something like that. Or like, you know, with the witch origin story, you oh know, my God. Disney Plus series. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Um, but yeah, in terms of a rating, I think I, I think I'm in like the three and a half range. Um, just because like it is, it's a, it's a really cool exercise. I think it's really well made. I think everyone who was a part of making this, this movie, um, like took care in what they were doing, whether it be acting, directing, writing, uh, set design, shooting it, all that stuff. Um, but like. It's not the most spectacular thing I've ever seen, so it can't be you know four and a half or five. Oh yeah, no, certainly. Um, it didn't like it didn't fully wow me in the way that uh, you know like Licorice Pizza did mm-hmm. to be something that's like a four, where it's something that like I think about all the time. It's just yeah, that was really cool. That was really well made. I, I dig it. Three and a half. Very nice. Yeah, dude. That's it's Macbeth, tough. baby. That's Macbeth. That's the tragedy of Macbeth. <laughs> Splitting. I think he splits up, so it's like a perfect box. He splits up tragedy. Yeah. So it's the tra, and the next line is jitty yeah. of Macbeth. Macbeth. <laughs> the tra, jitty of Macbeth. Yeah, dude. Um, cool. Well, that, that was a blast. Uh, I guess if anyone's listening, I would say give it a watch. Check it out. See if see if you dig it. If you're into it, I guarantee you've never seen anything like it. Yeah, for the most part, probably. it's a it's a good movie to to try out. Yeah, if you're not into it after like 30 minutes or so, yeah, turn it off. Turn it off. But otherwise, yeah. give it a try. Give it a check. Why not? Why not? Rav, who are you, dude? Where, where can people find you? I'm Raf. I can be found on the interwebs at Raf Stitt, all one word, on Twitter and Instagram. R A F S T I T T. Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I can also be found on Letterboxd reviewing movies like The Tragedy of Macbeth at Rapstit. Same handle, R-E-F-S-T-I-T-T. Michael, Fantastic. the heck are you? Dude, the heck I am is I'm, I'm Michael. Uh, you can find me on the Instagram and the Letterboxd. Uh, uh, it's a different tag. Uh, the Instagram is at Michael underscore Romeo underscore Rocco underscore. That's Michael Romeo Rocco underscores in between and at the end. Last name R-U-O-C-C-O. That's me. Uh, you can also <laughs> find me on Letterbox at Michael underscore Rocco. Are you CCO? Uh, are there other Michael Rocos that already had just the single underscore? Or I I'm not really sure. Underscore? So it's funny if you Google Michael Rocco, mm-hmm. some uh, bass player, sound engineer, somebody pops up who's like well a well known. So hold on, who's this guy? Yeah. I, I remember I, I looked... Uh, I'm not a narcissist. Yeah. But I remember typing in my name in a we, Google. We all, we all, we've all done it. Um, you just got to see what's out yeah, there. Yeah, oh, excuse me. He's an American animator. 
That's very uh, different from and, bass player. Yes, uh, he worked as a writer and an animator on the new Looney Tunes. Uh, so there you go. But if you type in Michael Romeo Rocco, Rocco, Rocco then, then I pop up. Okay. Yes. So you got to add the Romeo. You got to add the Romeo or I won't pop up. But you don't have the Romeo in your handles. In Insta, I do. In Insta, you do. Okay. Yes. But not, not trip, box, trip box underscores or dub underscores? Michael underscore Romeo underscore Rocco underscore at the end. Wow. I don't know why I did that. Spicy. Spice, yeah, dude, spice it up. Um, that's a spicy Instagram. Yeah, it's a bit ball meat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Raph, where can we both be found and what is this? Dude, this is the Straight to DVD podcast. We're a podcast about movies. Some say the only movie podcast. And we can be found on Twitter and on Instagram at Straight to DVD pod number two. We can also be found wherever you're listening to this show. Right meow. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, other stuff. Might be on some other platforms sometime soon. Keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. There will be some updates there. But yeah, that's the show. That's us. That's who we are. Dude, hell yeah. It's been fun. Like I said last week during Licorice Pizza, it's such a pleasure to do this show when we actually enjoy what it is we're watching. Yeah, man. I think it's cool to learn something so thanks for oh. teaching me and hopefully some some folks who are listening my pleasure you, you, got, you gotta love it, the bard man yeah dude the bar why is he the bard one last question i, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know I don't okay know. that's a good place to end yeah cool yeah later see you